Do, do, do. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the highlight of human civilization. If you'd like your experience today to go to levels that nobody can even imagine, all you need is a cup or a mug or a glass, a tank or chalice or stein, a canteen, jug or flask, a vessel of any kind, fill it with your favorite liquid. I like coffee. And join me now for the unparalleled pleasure of the dopamine of the day, the thing that makes everything better. It's called the simultaneous sip. And it happens now. Go. Ah, pause to savor. Savor. Savor it. Okay. Well, as you know, uh, Joe Biden's dog, whose name is Commander, uh, has been biting people, mostly the Secret Service. And we can only speculate as why. Uh, my assumption is that uh, Commander is a Republican and he's trying to uh, get the Secret Service to quit so that Biden is more exposed. That's one theory. The other possibility is that uh, if your name is uh, Commander Biden, you're probably going to do some Biden. Yeah, Joe Biden. Joe Biden and Commander Biden. Um, but you might ask, if the dog is biting people repeatedly, uh, why do they keep it around? Isn't it obvious? It's obvious why they keep it around, right? It's going to be re- the replacement for Kamala Harris. Yeah, commander of the dog will be a vice presidential running mate. Because unlike Kamala Harris, that, that dog gets things done, if you know what I mean. Nobody's ever going to say his bite is worse than his bark, because his or his bark is worse than his bite, because his bite is worse than his bark. All right, here's the good news that looks like bad news. I've said it a number of times, and I think it was Mark Twain who said it first, that we humans can't tell the difference between good news and bad news. You've probably heard me say that. And I feel like this is one of those times. Because would you agree with the following statement that the fabric of civilization is coming apart? Who would agree with that statement? It isn't just like there are a few problems. It's like the very fabric of civilization is at risk, right? Here's my positive take. Everything was broken. Everything was broken. Every one of our systems were corrupt and are corrupt. Everything that should work isn't working. But we were still limping along. I believe we've entered what I'm going to call the demolition phase. We're just going to break all of our shit because we're really bad at stopping things. Would you agree? That's sort of an American feature. We're not great at discontinuing what we were doing. We might be better than some other countries at doing it, but we're not where we need to be. We'll ride a bad idea far too long. Well, here's what we're good at. We're really good at rebuilding. We're really good at the next phase. After the demolition phase, and I'm going to talk about that, all the stories are really the same story. We're, we're in just demolition phase, just breaking everything. And the good news is that Americans in particular are really, really good at the creative stuff. If we break this, how are we going to fix it or build something better, design something better? 
we're entering, we're leaving the phase we're terrible at, which is changing things that are sort of ossified and you know, frozen into our structure. But we're going to get that done. And you're seeing the first signs of it, for sure. But we're about to enter the creative phase, and we're really good at that. There's going to be a lot of fun coming. All right, here's a few things uh, just to update you. I did talk to uh, Russell Brand uh, yesterday. We had scheduled for 30 minutes, but we went 90 minutes because we're just having fun. And uh, I think you'll see that around Thursday, maybe the probably clipped up, so it might be cut up in a few different pieces. Um, but would you say that Russell Brand and his situation, and my situation, and Tucker Carlson's situation, and a number of other situations, would you say that we were all destroyed? Now, we're not dead. But would you say that our business models were all destroyed? Same with Trump. Trump was destroyed. But he's still here. And what did I do when I got cancelled? That was my demolition. So I had somewhat instant demolition. It was sort of like the the dynamite took it down all at once. What did I do as soon as I was cancelled? As soon as the demolition phase was over, I entered the creative phase. How'd that go? Excellent, really. (laughs) Because I'm way better at creating than I am at destroying. So I had reached a certain age and said, you know, I'd really love to destroy what I already have because I just feel stuck. I didn't feel like I could retire in any normal way, but I wanted to. I wanted to just do things I wanted to do. I wanted to take some more chances, do something different. And then the demolition phase happened you know, without my expectation. And, and so I've never been happier. And I know people don't believe that, but you have to understand what it feels like to be a creative person who's already made their money. <laughs> the, the already making your money part is important to the story. But if you're creative by nature and you haven't been creative for a decade or more, because you're, you're coloring between the lines and you didn't want to get in trouble and you're in the newspaper and they don't, they don't, take, uh, they don't allow you to have much edge. So I've been delighted. It's been great. I've never been creatively more fulfilled. So what will happen to Russell Brand? Well, assuming that uh, he recovers, and I believe he will, he'll probably be a different creature. So his creativity will have to kick in. Uh, You saw what happened with Tucker Carlson. As soon as his business model evaporated, not his choosing, he got creative. And he looked at at what assets he had to work with, and then he assembled the assets, and he put on the biggest show of all time. (laughs) I I don't know. Has anything ever gotten bigger ratings in the sort of news category? Maybe the 1969 moon landing? That was about it. So watch for this pattern, demolition followed by creativity. It's what we do best here in America. Want another example? I saw a Cernovich uh, tweet about, uh, he was talking about uh, there's a tech fair, a career, one of these job fairs, and it was limited to women. But it was filled with men. Do you know why it was filled with men, even though it was designed to be just for women? 
because the men showed up and they identified as non-binary. Lots of them. Lots of young men showed up at the women's only job fair, identified as non-binary, and were allowed in. Can we take a moment? That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Why did the uh, young men have to do that? Well, because the structure that would normally support them in the free market had been ossified and destroyed. Their old system of doing things was demolished. So what did they do? They're Americans. They're men. They're young. They got creative. And they said, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you. Wrote non-binary on their label and went in and tried to get themselves some jobs. Yeah. Do you think there'll be less of that in the future? No, no, no. Young men, it's time. We, my generation has failed you completely. I, I don't mind saying that. It's just true. We have failed you completely. We, we let this woke bullshit get out of control. Do you know why? Because it didn't affect us that much. That's why. It didn't affect me that much because I already made my money and I was a certain age. But we fucked you young guys, especially. Young women as well, but young guys, I think, worse. And you know what? You're going to have to do it yourself. And guess what? You're going to do it yourself. And you will succeed. Because nothing's going to stop you. You're not, going to, you're not going to put up with this shit. Like we did. Yeah. It's time. So you are well into the demolition phase, young men. It is time for you to destroy the systems that are holding you back. And I know you will. Uh, As Mike Cernovich uh, recommended, if you're not doing this, meaning identifying as something that would have some rights in America, if you're not doing this or telling your kids to do do this on college applications, you shouldn't read me, meaning you shouldn't follow Cernovich, as you lack the vision (laughs) and will that it takes to return this country to some baseline normalcy. (laughs) There's a reason why Cernovich gets so much attention. Everything he writes is spicy. <laughs> like you start reading it, and suddenly your mouth is on fire <laughs> before he gets to the end of the sentence. Uh, but I would, uh, I'm piling on to that thought, because it's a good one. And I think it's time for 100% of young white males to identify as Native American and non-binary. Why Native American and non-binary? Well, the non-binary gets you all the you know, gender-related stuff. And the Native American gets you all the scholarships and access to college and stuff. But here's why I like Native American and non-binary, as opposed to everybody freelancing. You know, somebody saying, oh, I'm, I'm Hispanic and lesbian or something. Don't do that. Do you know why you should say you're Native American and non-binary? Because you're signaling it's bullshit. 
right? You're signaling as clearly as you can that you're fucking lying right in front of them. So that's how you break the system. Don't be clever. You don't have to be clever. Just go full Elizabeth Warren and non-binary, and who can prove otherwise? What are they going to do, test your DNA? That's probably coming, but I would, uh, definitely, I would definitely push on that a little bit. Yeah, I'd push on that, because uh, once you start measuring everybody's DNA, <clears throat> there's trouble. All right, but young men will lead us out, and I think it's going to start soon. Um, basically, if you follow the money, you could predict this, right? You're, you're a young uh, white man, and what are you going to do if you want to make money? Follow the money suggests <clears throat> that all white men will see other white men getting away with it, and they will all have to do it. It'll just be a requirement for success. So I would think that that's very predictable, that the white men will destroy the system of racial and gender preferences by simply assigning themselves those genders and those, and those uh, races. And nobody can stop them, because those are the rules that somebody else made, not them. They didn't make the rules that you can, you can assign yourself any gender or race you want. That's their, their rules. All right, some news out of uh, Lahaina in Maui. It's, uh, I think, fake news, but you wouldn't know it unless I told you. I've got some insider information here. So the residents from, uh, let's see, the West Maui um, are resisting the governor's uh, push to reopen for tourists. Now, as you might imagine, the hotels want the tourists to come in, but there are a number of the locals, especially uh, locals who work in that industry, the service industry. Uh, a bartender is quoted, uh, Paella Kiyakona. Uh, he told a news conference that locals, quote, are not mentally nor emotionally ready to welcome and serve our visitors. Does that sound like quite legit? Do you think that people who have not worked for months, even though they're getting paid, uh, I think the payments may stop after a while, but uh, do you think that they really don't want to go back to work? Let me tell you what's really happening over there, and you won't read this in the news. Most of the residents of Lahaina, especially ones who worked in the, in the food services or restaurant industry, they were not winning in life. They were not living in mansions. They were not living in splendor. When their homes burned down and they became completely homeless, the, uh, the government, to its credit, moved in, FEMA, etc., and they moved them into... Um, in most cases, hotels or uh, you know large luxury places. Now they're not living like tourists. You know, I think they get their meals are cooked on the beach in mass and stuff like that. So they're they're not living like tourists, but they are living in a style to which they've never been accustomed before. They're getting their food, um, and they're getting housing that's better than they've ever had, and they're not working. So do you think it's because the reason they don't want to go back to work is because they're, quote, not mentally nor emotionally ready to welcome and serve our visitors? Or do you think, as the locals have uh, been telling other people, that there is a uh, strong preference for milking this thing as long as possible? Which do you think it is? 
they want to milk it as long as possible, or that they are not mentally nor emotionally ready to welcome and serve our visitors? Well, I think you know the answer to that. <laughs> yeah. So there's milking it. Do you think the news will report that? Uh, I only know it because I've heard it from locals indirectly. Yeah. So that's the big problem. But they're not going to say that out loud, I don't think. All right, there's a uh, study, big study. Well, not that study. Uh, not that big. But in uh, JAMA, Journal of American Medical something, something. And... It showed that uh, loneliness affects your health. Apparently, we knew that loneliness caused uh, higher morbidity. In a number of neurodegenerative diseases, but apparently now they've got some pretty good ideas that uh, loneliness could affect your uh, mental health, your uh, ability to get uh, Parkinson's. (laughs) I'm sorry, Parkinson's. So loneliness seems to be a cause of various diseases, including Parkinson's. Does that track? Does that make sense to you? Do you believe that loneliness is that debilitating? I do. I do. Yeah. To me, that sounds somewhat obvious. You know, the, the science I believe, I've told you this before, the science I believe is when the science agrees with not only other science as this one does, but it also agrees with observation. I would say that when I feel lonely, I also feel less healthy. Like you can really feel like a like just a weight on your whole soul. Yeah. I, I would be amazed if it doesn't affect your health. So I'm going to say I believe that one. All right, here's another science. Uh, they tested to see if heterosexual men uh, can identify women who are um, fertile, meaning fertile at that moment, that they could have a baby at that moment if they were impregnated then. And sure enough, it was a smallish study, but sure enough, men could identify women who were fertile. Now, do you believe that? Because we've known for a while... Oh, and they also are not conscious of it. They're not conscious of it. So it's an unconscious identification is what the study somehow was, somehow was designed to tease out. It's an unconscious thing. And so what does that say about birth control? Wouldn't this tell you that if you were on, let's say, the pill, that you would not present as fertile? And therefore, would you not be less attractive to your partner for about half of the month? Is that a thing? Doesn't that make sense? If, if the normal way of things without birth control is that, uh, let's say your mate is more attractive to you than normal during those fertile weeks, don't you think you would have a much happier uh, marriage than if your attraction was the birth control attraction, which would be lower all the time? So you would never have two weeks where you're just like really into your partner. You're not sure why. Or more importantly, your partner's really into you. Do you think it only works one way? Do you think that the reason uh, that the only mechanism is that the men are more attractive, you don't think the women who are fertile are also more flirty and more willing and 
you know, more orgasmic and more everything? Of course they are. I mean, logically, you'd think so. So it seems to me that birth control probably destroyed uh, marriage, which would also destroy reproduction, which would be the end of humankind. But because it comes from big pharma, and women really, really like it, I understand why, um, nothing will happen. So we'll never take this seriously because it's big pharma and women like it. And I can see why. You know, getting pregnant when you don't want to get pregnant, pretty bad deal. All right. Um, have you ever heard this? The experts on relationships talk about, we will talk about Matt Gates, by the way. We'll get there. Um, there are two kinds of uh, emotional, let's say, attachment styles. Uh, tell me if you've heard this. It's kind of popular at the moment. Uh, and that these attachment styles are formed early in life, you know, usually something with you and your parents, I guess. And there are two primary styles, attachment anxiety and attachment avoidance. Have you ever heard of this? And that people who have attachment anxiety, they seek uh, reassurance and closeness in their relationships. Well, those with attachment avoidance tend to be uncomfortable with intimacy and desire independence. And then there's a whole, you know, a whole bunch of advice based on this breakup. I don't believe any of this. Uh, To me, this looks like complete bullshit. It looks to me like Myers-Briggs, and Myers-Briggs has been proven not to have any useful value. Now, I say that knowing that the Myers-Briggs people disagree. So to avoid getting sued, (laughs) let me say it's my opinion that Myers-Briggs is bullshit. I'm sure they would tell you it's not. So just be aware that there's a counter-argument. But to me, this whole, uh, uh, we can do something to help your relationship if we just figure out this attachment anxiety thing versus you know, the attachment avoidance thing. I don't think any of it is real. That, that's my take. So I don't believe uh, Myers-Briggs. I don't believe this attachment anxiety avoidance thing is real. And I also don't think that the five languages of love is what you think it is. Do you, do you know that theory, that everybody has their own love language? Some people have a love language, which is they like gifts or acts of service. You do something for them. Other people like uh, kind words, and other people like touch, physical touch. I think there's one more I can't remember. And if you knew other people's love language that would allow you to respond to them in their love language, and therefore everybody's happier, right? Complete bullshit. It's just a scam. Here's the scam. Have you ever asked a woman what her love language is? Do they ever say touch? No. (laughs) No. No, no. Because they can get touch anytime they want. Touch has no value to them. If you ask a man what his love language is, He's very likely to say touch. Do you know why? Because he's a man. It's hard, it's hard to get touched if you're a man. Right? So it has everything to do with you know, the economics of it. You know, what is the thing that's hard for you to get? It's not your fucking love language. It's just what's hard to get. <laughs> that's it. And you ask women what their love language is, if you've ever tried this, and what do they say? Gifts and acts of service. Fuck you. 
Fuck you. Good try, ladies. Yeah, if we give you shit and act like your butler, you'll like us a little more. Oh, surprise. I'm glad I did some science to figure that out, something that everybody in the whole fucking world already knew. This is useless bullshit. That's my take. (laughs) All right. Um, Elon Musk has a term that I'm going to adopt. He did a tweet yesterday, which I call a post, um, in which he said, I almost never read legacy news anymore. What's the point of reading a thousand words about something that was already posted on X several days ago? Now, I believe I said something very similar. And years ago, I I heard Mark Cuban say it. He he said it before I said it. Um, That Twitter at the time was where he was getting his news. And I get that. But what I like best about this tweet is the label legacy news. You know, we've all been trying to come up with a name that was descriptive yet insulting. You know, so you say, if you say corporate news, you're like, hmm, corporate news. But that's not really a cool label, you know, because corporate can be good or bad, you know. Uh, then there's the uh, mainstream media. Well, that doesn't really sound negative, does it? It's mainstream for a reason. Yeah, people like it, I guess. But if you say legacy media, or even fake news, right? That just sounds like an opinion. But if you say legacy media, there's nothing to argue with. Because <clears throat> it is the old-fashioned media. And I love that. <clears throat> if you want to hurt the legacy media, call them the legacy media. That's the, one that, that's the one that causes pain. Now, I've told you before that I think Elon Musk, uh, even before I knew it was true, uh, he had some kind of extra facility of understanding how people work. His understanding of just human motivation and how the brain is wired is extraordinary for somebody who says they're on the spectrum, which I have a little... I'm a little skeptical that he's on the spectrum, but I guess you get to self-identify. Anyway, he is far too um, keyed in on persuasion and how brains work to be on the spectrum. He, he just he seems like the opposite of that. Like his understanding of human nature is beyond average, and you would expect it to be below average if you were on the spectrum. Now, I understand that if you're on the spectrum and you did your studying, you could be above average, right? but not in the natural way of just seeing it and feeling it the way other people do. Um, but legacy, legacy news, I'm going to borrow that one. Well, I've told you before that Jesse Waters is one of your best uh, sources for figuring out the complicated news and what it really means and how it's connected to things. Well, he did it again. Um, I'll just read you his, his words, Jesse Waters. It's about uh, Gold Bar Bob, as he calls him, Bob Menendez, accused of accepting bribes. And... Uh, Jesse Waters says, we finally figured out why Gold Bar Bob Menendez is being taken out. So the the accusation here is that he's being taken out by his own side. So they had some problem with him. The president of Turkey wanted to buy F-16s from America, but Gold Bar Bob put a hold on the jets. Now that Bob's out, Turkey's gone on a shopping spree and is no longer going to keep holding up Sweden's application to NATO. Like, wait, what? You're starting with Bob Menendez 
taking money from Egyptian guys and it's going all the way to the president of Turkey, to F-16s, to Sweden's application to NATO. <laughs> now, this is why nobody understands anything in the news. There's just too many moving parts. <clears throat> but the simplification is that Bob Menendez was holding something up, and you know, maybe there was some bribery motive there. That's, that's the allegation. Um, but apparently Turkey was holding up Sweden's application to NATO, and Turkey actually said, so this isn't just Jesse's opinion, um, so Turkey actually said that if they can get their F-16s, there'll they'll be a yes on Sweden for NATO. It actually was that direct. <laughs> it was exactly what it looked like. This one guy was holding it up. Now think about this. Now I'm not so sure that Turkey needs F-16s. Like, so I'm, I'm not sure I'm in favor of it or against it. I don't really have any insight into that. But what I can tell you is that there was, seemed to be one senator who was doing things that didn't seem to be for the benefit of the United States or Turkey or Sweden or NATO. So what's up with that? Could it be because of bribery? Well, it's starting to look that way. Um... Did I already talk about uh, Cuellar getting his carjacked? Did I mention that, or did I only say that in the man cave? So uh, what's his name, Henry? Henry Cuellar, is that his name? So his, uh, his car gets carjacked in Washington, D.C. Now, it made a lot of news because he's a member of Congress. But he had the best public uh, press re- I guess, press conference that you've ever seen. I'm, I was so impressed. <laughs> so, he, <clears throat> so he calmly describes being carjacked. And he said there were three men with guns who surrounded him. But, here, but here's the baller thing he said. He just sort of matter-of-factly drops this into the conversation because it was important. It was actually helped you understand the situation. He goes, I'm a black belt in karate, but you know there were three of them with guns. I just love that. <laughs> I love the fact that three with guns was too many. Had it been one person with a gun, maybe he would have just taken him out. <laughs> now, I don't, it wouldn't have been the smart play. Even if you know karate, if the other person has a gun, maybe you should, you know, maybe not take your best shot. Uh, if your car is insured, especially. But I love the fact that that's the way he answered it to let you know that, you know, it probably was closer to a fair fight, but I decided to let them live. I I let them live and take my car. That was a cool answer. All right, uh, I have not uh, killed any of my critics today, in case you're wondering. Uh, Only two of them uh, are deceased this week. But none of them today, so I'm slowing down on that. Uh, I told you this before that Nate Silver who's you know, a famous statistician, uh, and Martin Kaldorf, if I have his name right, who's also Harvard-trained expert in statistics. They're having this big public debate, um, and it doesn't even matter what the topic is. All right, it has to do with vaccination effectiveness, but that's irrelevant to my point. Um, uh, 
My point is that if two experts in statistics look at the same data and come to opposite conclusions, how are the rest of us going to know anything? I mean, I, w- I wouldn't even come close to arguing with either one of them, and I'm, you know, I'm pretty arrogant. And even with my level of arrogance, I wouldn't argue with either one of them on statistics. If they've looked at the data closely and they say, here's my interpretation of it, uh, what do I know? <laughs> like, how am I going to debate either one of these guys? Right? They're at the top of their fields sort of thing. But the fact that the people at the top of the fields can look at the same data, they're, they're not looking at different data, which is usually the problem, the same data and opposite conclusions. Does that tell you everything you need to know about data and about experts? I think it does. It's a, another, another picture of how uh, the data, well, the experts were not as reliable as we'd hoped. All right, let's talk about McCarthy. Speaker McCarthy has been voted out, no longer the Speaker of the House. Matt Gates led the charge and got enough people to agree with him to uh, kick him out. McCarthy says he will not run to get his job back, so it will be somebody else. Now, the interesting thing about this is the uh, responses of other people. So there's some number of people, smart people, who say, oh no, this is a terrible problem because it will throw the Congress into chaos, and indeed they can't pass any legislation or do any business by their own rules until they get a new Speaker of the House. And it's going to be hard to get one. So from now until they figure that out, the entire Congress is out of work. They're just not working. They cannot do anything until they get a new Speaker, which won't be easy. Now... Do you think that uh, do you think that Matt Gates made the right play, or was it just personal, as some people say, or was he just trying to get attention, as some people say? Well, I would say that uh, this is demolition. You had a Congress that was unable and unwilling. This is important, unable, but more importantly, unwilling to pass a budget which they were legally required to do that would give us some kind of relief from debt. Wouldn't do it. 22 years they haven't done it. What is the correct approach? Wait another 22 years? No. The correct approach is demolition. So Matt Gates got out the bulldozer and he just bulldozed Congress. What can Congress do today? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> they can't do anything. They can do one fucking thing which has fixed the problem that Matt Gates said was broken. Now they got to do that. So I would say um, I agree with uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, who said uh, there will be chaos because of this move. But as Vivek says, I'm paraphrasing, who says chaos is bad? Where did that come from? Chaos is usually the in-between step of all improvement. There's always chaos in the short run. So uh, I'm 100% in favor of this action, even as crippling as it is, because he just bulldozed Congress. Now they're going to have to rebuild something that works. So I don't think they will. (laughs) They'll probably rebuild something that doesn't work. 
but at least, at least somebody did something. So uh, I'm 100% in favor of Matt Gates on this action. Let's see who else approves of it. Uh, among Republican voters, only 22% said that ousting McCarthy would be good, while 37% said it would be bad. Let me tell you a story about my banking days. When I was a banker, there was a uh, person who actually, little historical uh, note, became the physical model for the Dilbert character. So he was the guy that I actually drew Dilbert based on, his look. I didn't know him too well. He was just somebody in the office where I worked. And he was considered such a good technical expert that if he were ever to quit that maybe our entire computer systems would go down and the entire company might actually be at risk. One guy. And this, this was told to me by a number of people. It's like, oh, he's, he's the most key employee. He's the only one who knows how to program our big computers. And any problem, he's, only, he's the only one who ever fixes it. So if we lose him, the whole company is at risk. So he could get away with murder, like he could have bad behavior and not show up to meetings and do whatever he wanted, because he was essential. So one day he got a better job offer and he quit. Do you remember when that big bank failed because that one guy quit? No. Do you know what happened? Nothing. Nothing. No. Was it a big shock to the system? Uh, for about a day, we talked about it. You know what happened after that? We figured it out. We just figured it out. Was it okay after that? Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> Didn't make any difference at all. Now, how many of you have ever worked at a company where there was a key employee, and you knew if that person ever left, you were in big problems, but then they left, and it was fine. It was just fine. We've all had that experience if you've been in a big company. Now, do you believe that McCarthy was so valuable to this process, because apparently he was a good speaker. A lot of people say he did a good job on a number of things. No, he's not, he's not irreplaceable, and the chaos will not be worse than what the situation was before the chaos. So as Vivek says, chaos might be the, the useful step before you fix something. Uh, There's a lot of talk about Trump being nominated for speaker. I will give that a 0% chance of happening. 0% chance. I don't think Trump takes the uh, third in line for the presidency job. You know, once you've been president, you don't take the one that's third in line. Say, whoa, I can get something done. I can do some useful things if I'm third in line for the presidency. Yeah, not going to happen. He's not going to run for the Senate. He's not going to, it's just not going to happen. There's no way his personality would be compatible with that. Um, so the temporary Speaker of the House is Patrick McHenry. Um, and as, if, as you know, uh, it was the, the debt and the budget that were the problems that got rid of the old Speaker. So Patrick McHenry, um, he gave a speech and he said, uh, give me liberty or give me debt. Patrick McHenry. Anybody? History nerds? History nerds? Come on, give it up. Give me liberty or give me debt. Come on. That wasn't terrible. Dad joke time. 
But uh, Patrick McHenry also did an asshole move. Uh, he's going to kick Nancy Pelosi out of her nice office. Apparently she has a nicer-than-normal office. So now that he's the Speaker of the House for like a day, there aren't, he doesn't have many powers because they can't vote anything, but he's the Speaker of the House, so he kicks her out of her, her office and takes her office. Kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of funny. He got her coveted hideaway office uh, just because he wanted it for himself. <laughs> I, I kind of love the fact that uh, if you saw him bang the gavel, you knew he was really angry about McCarthy being uh, taken out. So he was not in favor of what happened. So when he bangs the gavel to end the thing, he just like, bam, bam. I thought he was, was going to break the gavel. Like he hit it hard enough, I expected the head of the gavel to just come right off. So this guy's really pissed about what happens. And then he, <laughs> as soon as he gavels, he pulls, uh, Nancy Pelosi from her own office and moves in. <laughs> I like his style. Yeah, it was petty. It was petty. But it was also funny, and therefore I approve of it. Well, here's a small item. Uh, Europe has ended free speech, which will certainly end it in America. Do you want any more about that topic? Free speech actually ended. In my opinion, it's gone. Um, You could say it was gone before, but but Europe has this thing called the Digital Services Act, uh, which Glenn Greenwald calls... uh, the EU's uh, most repressive online censorship laws, and um, the plan is to force, uh, according to the New York Times, they want to force social media sites to censor more, including in the U.S. So the U.S. will end up going along with whatever the big social media networks do, and they probably have to bow to to Europe uh, for business reasons. So it looks like Europe will lead the... um, elimination of free speech in America. Europe will. Because Europe will influence social media. Social media is our only real mechanism of free speech because the legacy media is old. So the Europeans are taking away the free speech in America. Actually. That's actually happening. Yeah, thanks, Germans. (laughs) Germany strikes again. All right. Well, we'll see if we can fight back about, against that in America, but that's the way it's going. It looks like free speech is on the way out. Um, but, sure, we don't have a Congress anymore. That's true. We don't trust our experts anymore. Well, that's true. Uh, but the one thing I can feel good about, at least I have health care, right? At least I have health care. I have... Uh, Kaiser Permanente. That's the name of the healthcare organization I use. Oh, Kaiser's going on strike today. Uh, they can interrupt health service for 13 million people, including, including cartoonist Scott Adams. Yeah. So, okay. So I don't have a Congress. I don't have free speech. And I don't have health care at the moment. But the good news is that Patrick McHenry... Much better office. And that's something. I mean, that's not nothing. I'd like him to be happy, too. Well, uh, you may be aware of Laverne Spicer, who uh, 
is very active on the X platform. She's running for Congress in Florida. And uh, she's a black woman, which is important to the story. So Laverne Spicer, black woman, again, important to the story, tweeted or posted this today. I just saw a heartbreaking story about a New York man that was stabbed to death at a bus stop. Uh, the same man who had messaged me on X a few days before that. Uh, then I saw the one about the Baltimore woman that was murdered in her building by a black man she let in. Uh, then Laverne says, I'm just going to say it. White folks, y'all need to move out of these Democratic cities. Democrats got black folks all riled up against you. They done cut back your police forces, and they do catch and release on violent felons. If y'all ever want to be safe again, move to Republican-run areas. Even if you hate us, we'll still protect you. So she's Republican, and she says, even, even if you hate us, we'll still protect you, because we're Republicans. So um, does that remind you of anything? Does that sound like... I don't know. It's got, there's something about it that reminds me of something, but I can't, I can't place it. Do you think she'll be canceled for saying that white people should move away from black people? I think she said it in the clever way by saying it's a Democrat city. Had I said Democrat city... <laughs> but I was making a larger point about DEI and CRT and ESG... So for me, it wasn't about the city so much. It's just a related, a related point. All right. Well, no, she will not be canceled because she's black and female. And if you're black and female, you do still have free speech. I don't in any practical way. Oh, can I invite Dale over? Scott, social media companies are private companies. It's only the government that can take away your free speech. Yes, Dale. That was a good argument in the 1980s. Yeah, before social media, good argument. Now it's just fucking stupid. Yeah. It's stupid to argument, argue that you have the right to speak but not the ability. We'll take your ability to speak away. Oh, but you have the right. Yeah. You have, you have a right to free assembly... Oh, we are going to lock you by the ankle in chains in your house. But if you were not locked by your ankle, you could certainly have the right to get together. The fact that we prevent you from doing it is unrelated to your right. You have the right to get together. We just happen to put you in jail. All right. um, So that's happening. Um, I would put this also in the category of demolition. So what Laverne Spicer is doing, and by the way, I agree with every word she said, as you know. Um, What Laverne is saying is that the cities are unsavable and that we're in the demolition phase. So your best bet is just to get away from the wrecking ball, if you can. Um, Do you know actor Brian Austin Green? He was married to Megan Fox for a while. He was on 90210. And apparently for four and a half years, he had symptoms like a stroke. He said he could barely walk. He was walking like a 90-year-old man. 
and doctors couldn't figure out what it was. You know, there was stress, but stress alone probably wasn't the cause. And then finally, he went to some other you know, non-traditional doctor who said the problem was inflammation from gluten and maybe dairy, and that it was inflammation that was making him feel like that. So as soon as he changed his diet, he's perfectly fine again, just like he always was. Now, here's what caught my attention. I told you that I went through two and a half years of feeling like I had a stroke. And, of course, you thought it was the vaccinations, but it started before the vaccinations. And it started before COVID as well. So in my case, but it could have been my blood pressure meds or something else, I don't know. But for two and a half years, I felt like I was a zombie. And then just to lose some weight, I stopped eating uh, wheat. I just took wheat out of my diet for a little while. And all of my problems went away. All of them. I had, I had exactly the same problem. And Brian Austin Green found out that gluten was the problem. And that was my problem as well. And by the way, I'm not celiac. So apparently the gluten has more than one way it could affect some people. I don't know if it affects everybody, but some people. So if you did a celiac test, you wouldn't pick it up. But my sister informed me that, uh, that there is a genetic propensity to some wheat inflammation because she got tested, I guess. So why is it that you don't know that gluten might be more dangerous than you think? Do you think it has anything to do with how big that business is? Like maybe, Probably has everything to do with how big a business that is. That's my guess. So when I see a story like this, I say to myself, huh, I wonder how many people are just walking around just crippled and they don't know it's their diet. I bet it's a lot. Don't you think? I bet it's a lot. But I don't want to get sued for saying wheat is bad, so I'm no doctor, so I'm not going to say that. I'll just say there's two anecdotes um, which is not enough to form any kind of a scientific opinion, but it's kind of a coincidence that somebody had the same symptoms as me and solved it the same way. In my case, it was accidental. Is that kind of a big coincidence, isn't it? Yeah, kind of a big coincidence. All right, ladies and gentlemen, those are the things I wanted to talk about. Were there some stories I forgot? Yeah, it could be just a coincidence. Um, about your bodies and comparison to other bad system. Anything to sell to use to feel superior about our bodies. I don't know why you'd want to do that. Um, so Jim Jordan is being put forward as a potential speaker of the house. Jim Jordan seems very capable, um, but he's very political. Maybe that's what the job requires. I don't know if they need somebody who's a peacekeeper or a political bomb thrower, but uh, I see Jordan as more of a political bomb thrower. But he's very capable. Lee Zeldin would be better, somebody says. I don't know if he's considering it. Oh, Vivek is speaker. That's interesting. 
I don't think he has the credibility in Congress, though. All right. Um, oh, Jordan was supporting McCarthy yesterday. So I love the fact that um, Congress was crashed because allegedly the Speaker lied to Gates. How much do you love the fact that Matt Gates fired his boss, in a sense, the Speaker of the House? He fired his boss because his boss lied to him. Now, there might be more to it, but that's sort of the surface story. I kind of love that. If you could fire your boss for lying to you and no other reason, I'm cool. Do you know know what I really found distasteful? Is people who understood that, that McCarthy had lied to Gates about the separate spending bills, and they were still okay with him because he did a good job otherwise. I don't get that at all. If the Speaker of the House lies to you on a real central topic, this was not some small side topic. The question was, do you get to vote on budget bills or just run up the, run up the debt forever until we all die? The most important question of Congress. And he lied about it, allegedly. But it looks like that might have happened. Yeah, I'm perfectly fine with firing the most effective leader you've ever had if he lied to you about something that basic. Now you're going to say to me, but Scott, Trump says things that are not true all the time. Correct. And we all know it, and we all process it that way. right? We process it as hyperbole, and we process it as, at best, you know, directionally correct. So I don't think it's the same thing. You know, if, if Trump had been Speaker of the House and made a direct promise of the same kind, I'd have the same problem. Because that's like a real promise. That's not you know, bullshit, exaggeration sort of things that politicians do. That, that was more person to person. That was personal. And if, if Gates treats it as personal, he has that right. Yeah. If Gates says, this was personal, you lied to me in the, in the capacity as the leader, it's still personal. And if he took it personal and acted on it and crashed Congress because of it, I'm okay with that. That maybe the next person won't lie. right? Maybe the next person will think twice. I, I think you have to have at least that kind of reaction. Yeah, it's all about Ukraine, probably all about Ukraine. But I do love that the people who crashed the Congress were saying no more money for Ukraine if we're going to leave the border open. Um, we, we must have a lot of non-members over here because I'm getting a lot of dumb comments. Handshake deals are legally binding. That is correct. Uh, Devin Nunes. Oh, that'd be interesting. Him being out of politics. All right. Um, I don't think there's anybody outside of Congress who could get the vote. And I think probably there's no way that's going to happen. Because I think the members of Congress want to make sure that only a member of Congress can get that job, even though constitutionally that's not a requirement. 
It's weird that it's not a requirement in the Constitution. I feel like the Constitution just made a mistake by not making it a requirement that you remember. Um, Mark Levin went scorched earth on... I don't care. (laughs) I, I don't care. If you want to see who's right, let's just wait. My prediction is that the so-called chaos in Congress will have no effect on you. I don't think you. I don't think you and I will have any even notice it. It'll just be a news report for a week, and then they'll have a new speaker, and everything will go on. Yeah. Oh, could I be speaker? Now, that's a good question. Could I be speak now? I'd get destroyed. Couldn't survive it. All right. Can Gates get a Democrat support? Well, only when it's in their self-interest. Does the Constitution establish the Speaker's office? I don't know. It does? Oh, it does. Okay. Um... Is the stream going to be monetized? All right, so here's what I'm doing differently on YouTube. So YouTube does this thing where um, it just stuffs an unconscionable number of ads, almost like they're trying to kill it. They put so many ads in that what we had been doing is manually removing them. So there were still some ads, but it wasn't unwatchable. And I've just decided to embrace and amplify meaning that if YouTube wants to make their product unwatchable by adding so many ads, then I'm going to leave them in there. And if you complain enough... Now, there's, I think there's no ads in the live version, right? The live version doesn't have ads. So you'll still get your live version. But the recorded version, you should just watch it somewhere else. So you can see it on Rumble, um, which would also have ads. Or if you're a member of the uh, Locals community. You could watch it there. And at least for a while, I'm going to leave it uh, unlocked so you wouldn't have to be a member at the moment. But I'll probably lock it at some point in the future. So if you wanted to sample it, I'm going to leave it unlocked for a little while. I'll let the ads just build up on YouTube, and we'll just see what happens. Well, you can't stop the ads um, on the recorded version because the recorded version will just stop and wait for the ad, right? The ad blockers can't, can't fast forward. Can I hypnotize them to do better? <laughs> if you pay, yeah, or you could pay YouTube to have no ads. That's correct. You could get your, your higher-end YouTube account. That works as well. Well, ad blocker can only block an ad, but it can't fast-forward the video. Am I Norway? Whatever that means. Am I Norway? Unblock means no ads, no pausing, and waiting for ads, etc. on YouTube. How is that possible? That's not possible. Brave does it? I don't believe that. All right, I don't believe what you're telling me. I, the Brave browser was like a, a virus on my system. I had to get rid of it. 
All right, because um, there are too many things that want Chrome to work. Um, YouTube is censored. Ad blocker. Well, I'm not going to encourage you to use ad blockers. Uh, but you can do whatever you want to do. Sticks has no ads. Oh, you could run without ads. Why would Sticks have no ads? How is he monetizing? Does he do his own commercials? I'm not going to guess sponsors. Now, as soon as I'm uh, beholden to sponsors, even if they don't ask me to do anything, I would know what to say and what not to say. No good. I, I don't think I could do this job with sponsors. Now, I do, there are advertisements, but they're irrelevant to my actions. I don't really see them or pick them or even know how many there are. <clears throat> Sticks gets donations. He sells edited books instead. Uh, created the Four Seasons. What? Um, I, I'll, I'll publish for you a list of the podcasts I've been on so you can see the links. There have been a bunch of them now. I don't have any plans to be on any of the big ones that I haven't mentioned. If I get invited on one of the big podcasts, I'll let you know. Yeah, I know I can stop the ads myself. That's what we were doing, but we choose not to. Um, Will Trump prevail or lose his wealth? Do you think Trump will actually have his businesses seized? I mean, he would still be the beneficiary of the income but somebody else would manage it. Emergency test today? I don't know about any emergency test. He lost his casino. Well, that was a special case. All right. Well, that's all I got for you today. I'm going to go do some other things. And you're going to have the most amazing day. Just remember, don't worry about the demolition phase. The demolition phase had to happen. We're in it. But uh, we're real good at rebuilding. Creative phase, coming soon. Uh, So people are really mad at me and yelling in all caps. Jay says, Scott, listen to people who know more about it than you. Adblock stops ads on live and recorded videos on YouTube. How could it possibly stop a recorded video? How's that even possible? All right. FEMA emergency alert today? Why was that? Uh, I'm not going to test that because I don't believe it. Ads are a separated stream. How in the world could there be no pauses? I'm very skeptical of that. All right. 
They're pinging all devices at 11.20 a.m.? Really? So, it hasn't happened yet. All right. (laughs) Well, so let, let me talk to the NPCs here. Sometimes I get pushback for not testing things that could be tested. But you know I don't have time to test everything that could be tested, right? You have to call your shots. Um, and I don't believe technically there's a way to do what you say uh, all of you are sure it can be done. And you've witnessed it yourself, and I still don't believe it. Sorry. <laughs> um, so I probably won't test it. All right, but there are a 1,000 people here using Adblock and all having the same experience, and I also don't believe it. What? what, Should I believe because a lot of people say it's true? Is that your point? Is your point that I should believe it because a lot of people say it's true? That's the argument you're giving me. Your argument is a lot of people saw it with their own eyes, so it's true. Can you think of anything else that thousands of people saw with their own eyes and their own experience, and yet it wasn't true? Like every, every UFO report, every hoax, find people hoax, drinks bleak hoax. Yeah. Now, if you're under the impression that because you've all experienced it and you're telling me directly <clears throat> that I should be convinced by that, that's not how anything works. That's not how anything works. All right. Uh, Described the wrong person, the bank robbery. That's true. Everybody gets the Pegasus virus today when they do the the test. That may be true. All right. All right. Let's uh, talk about that tomorrow, and I'll see you tomorrow, YouTube. Bye for now.